Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Liquid bleach, liquid bleach, Clorox makes clothes bright. But what about these cloudy wine glasses? Add glass cleaner to my cart. Adding Clorox disinfecting bleach to your cart. What? No, for glassware. Clorox can also make glassware sparkle, keep flowers fresh, and remove chocolate, wine, all your usual stains. Rude. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com learn. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. 440 episodes in, and it still feels just as good as the first time. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, Chris Sinzak. What's going on, brother? You feeling iced in? Yeah, for sure. Never been more thankful to work from home in my entire life. I bet, man. Yeah, we're in the middle of the ice storm of 2021. What a perfect time to record an episode of the podcast, so that's what we're doing right now. And uh, we're going to have some fun with this one. It's going to be good and loose. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I had uh, We went out yesterday to get our groceries, and it was like... Uh, it was like the apocalypse. Um, wow. The, the lines for the cashiers were halfway down the aisles. <laughs> I think we were there for like a good hour and a half, and uh, I've never been more thankful to get home. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're stocked up on groceries, and, and I don't think we have to go anywhere. That's good. Good deal. So I guess we just kind of start things off and take care of our business right off the bat so we can get to it. So what we always do here is we like to stop and take a minute and appreciate the people that leave us reviews, whether it's an Apple podcast review, a Podchaser review, or even a Facebook recommendation. If you take the time to leave one of those for us and it's got all five stars, odds are we're probably definitely going to read it on the show. Case in point right here, this one's entitled, Thank Goodness. For the Decibel Geek Podcast, and as I mentioned, this one does have all five stars, just the way we like it. And it goes a little something like this. I wanted to reach out and thank Chris and Aaron for their contribution to the entire music community. They have stepped in and filled a hole where MTV, VH1, radio, and other methods of listening to and discussing music have vacated. We all owe them a big, hearty, nice work, gentlemen. Personally, I tune in each week to listen to the music. I love being treated with equal parts reverence and comedy, just as it should be. Like a great band, they have chemistry. Can't fake it and can't manufacture it. It's either there or it isn't. They have it, and we all are the beneficiaries. Keep on rocking, guys, and thank you for everything. Long live the Decibel Geek Podcast. Holy shit. (laughs) That comes from Disco Stew for You. Yeah, that's an Apple Podcast review. One hell of an Apple Podcast review from right here in the good old United States. Wow, man. Wow. 
you know, we're we're two months away, almost yeah, two months almost from the time of this recording from the tenth anniversary. That's insane. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that at all. No. It feels like we just started, honestly. Yeah. It's like every week is new. Just like I said, the top of the show still feels as good as the first time. And that's what we're gonna be kind of discussing today. Because we talk about how much we appreciate people that leave us podcast reviews when last week, when we had Ron Keel on the show, we had a good one, and it came to us from Cool as Ice, otherwise known as Patrick, on Apple Podcasts, and he talked about doing a show on the greatest first albums. And so we thought, how intriguing, you know, we never thought about that before, and so that's what we're going to do today. So if you leave us a review, and maybe even a suggestion, who knows, the very next week... You might get what you want. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode. But uh, before we get into the topic at hand today, let's do our Geeks of the Week. These people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's uh, conversation with Ron Keel. Thanks so much, Ron Keel, for coming on the show. Uh, Got a lot of good feedback to that. People seem to really enjoy it. And uh, can't wait to see Ron in August for Rockin' Pop. Yeah, Ron Keel was super cool last week. And that's where we got our suggestion for this week's show. A lot of fun talking to him. Yeah, definitely. Don't forget, Ron Keel's going to be back to Rockin' Pie this year. We'll have more details for you in just a minute on that. But one more thing we got to talk about. Another group of people that always help us out are the ones that took Ron Keel's episode last week. They shared it. They retweeted it. And that's how they became this week's Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, John Phillips, Joseph Capone, Simon Cat, Rob Webb, David Glenn, Mark and Jerry B's Sessions, Pantheon Podcast, Keith Rockford, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Byron Nimeth, Shay Hargett, Mike Parnell, Gino Ames, Scott Crouch, Kristen Schimbeck, Jeff Taylor, In Obscuria Podcast, Kevin Northern, Doug Fox, Hakon Bergstad, JJP, Body of the Soul, JJ McElhenney, Ernesto Aguiar, Vet Halen, and as always, The, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, our geeks of the week. Like I said, they took last week's awesome episode with Ron Keel. They found the original post on Facebook, the original tweet on Twitter. They shared it. They retweeted it. And that's why they get their names mentioned at the beginning of the show this week. It's very cool. You want to hear your name included amongst this honorable group of people right here? Then all you got to do is the same thing, and you will become next week's Geek of the Week right along with them. Yeah, and it was fun talking to Ron, and uh, you know it was cool to hear some of his uh, early Nashville history because I never really got to really dive into that with him. And uh, as a, yeah. as a Nashville native, it's always interesting to hear from people that you know got their start here. And you know the Steeler story; most people just pick it up in the L.A. times. You know they don't realize that it was a Nashville band and they moved out west. And, yeah. You know, to hear about the music scene in Nashville in 79 and 80, <laughs> you know, that's uh, it's an interesting period for me personally. You know, maybe I nerded out, but uh, it was cool to hear that story and to hear how he got his start, you know, how he wound up in Nashville. So I uh, think then, you know, Ron's kind of on a bit of a, you know, kind of a social media quarantine because he's in the process of writing songs for the next record, which, you know, he mentioned in the interview so thanks again for you know kind of coming out of hiding to, to do that for us, Ron. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and telling us the name of the new album and giving me something cool after it was over. I looked up Cantrell's and tried to figure out where mm-hmm. it was at and what kind of bands played there and all that. So it's kind of cool when you get some rock and roll history about the town you're living in. Do you think, okay, well, I can go figure out whereabouts that was, mm-hmm. you know, and feel good about knowing, you know, hey, there's something else built here now, but I know what used to be there. Well, yeah, and, the, and like Cantrell's is, you know, I grew up here, well, on and off, because my dad was a salesman. We'd leave town a lot, but, um, but you know, as I've kind of studied history around here, I've heard of Cantrell's. A lot of people had, you know, great reverence for it, but I'd never, I, it was way before my time, so... Uh, it was cool to hear him talk about that that venue, and apparently that venue hosted a lot of great rock shows back in the day. I love taking those looks back in history like that, and when we have a, a tour guide like Ron Keel, man, it's it's always cool. I love that. Yeah, and he will be uh, in Nashville August 6th through 8th for Rockin' Pod, and uh, we're going to try to throw a gu- an acoustic guitar on him, get him to play some stuff during the expo, maybe even at the pre-party during the Rare Hair set, so... Yeah, I'm sure he won't have no problem with that. Yeah, I'm excited to have him. And, uh, you know, go to rockandpod.com, get all the, the details. The big announcement this past week was obviously um, getting Billy Sheehan to to confirm. So that's, Heck a, yeah. that's, a, that's a big get for us. I've been trying to get Billy since year one, and he's a Nashville resident now. So uh, very cool to have him on board. 
I got a feeling Billy Sheehan's going to come up in conversation today. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I know he will. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to, uh, certainly on my list, and I figured he'd be on yours, too. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, get your hotel rooms for Rock and Pod, because that's a big part of it. You know, we want Rock and Pod to continue, and the best way to support it is to just be a part of it and be as close to it as you can. And to do that, you got to get a hotel room. You got to get it in the block for the Decibel Geek podcast and Rock and Pod so that we can keep this thing going. And on the flip side of that, it's a way better experience if you're staying right in the hotel because you can party up to the very last second. You can enjoy every single moment. You can savor every awesome thing you see up to the very last second. And then get in an elevator, go up your room, go to sleep, yep. get up, get dressed, come right back down. Boom, you're right back into it. So you're not missing not a single thing. And everything is laid out for you. Everything you need is right there in the hotel. So it's the best way to experience it. So get yourself a hotel room while you can. Because I got a feeling this year they might sell out because it's and we everyone's pretty excited about this already. You know, we got a little ways to go, but people are already hot for it because just like me, just like Chris, just like everybody else that I know. It's been a long time since we've been able to go out and do something fun. And so by August, I feel like everyone's going to be so ready that this is going to be absolutely the party that kicks off the rest of our lives. I sure hope so. And, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I live here and Aaron lives here. I, mean, I think we're both going to be staying at the hotel, right? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't, I live right up the road, but I'm not going to want to miss a moment of anything. So I get a hotel room myself. You know, I could just go home at the end of the night, save a little money. No, because the money spent is so worth it just to be able to be right there for everything for Rock and Pod. Well, it's it's just a great hang, you know. I mean, like you you'll end up meeting meeting up and having drinks with some of the guests. You'll you know, spend, but also for Aaron and I, and you know, for a lot of you that listen to our show, you listen to other shows. A lot of the podcasters stay on site, so you know you get to hang out and have beers with you know who knows right. who and, and all your favorite podcasters too. You know, you I'm sure you don't just listen to yeah. Decibel Geek; you listen to a bunch of other cool rock podcasts, and those are all the guys that are going to be there too. So all the people that you've been listening to for who knows how long, you go, man, I finally get to meet my favorite rock podcaster. You know, that's perfect yep. place to do it. Hang out, buy them a beer. You know, I'm sure they'll talk to you. Maybe even get on the show. Yeah, and we've had some epic parties yes. in hotel rooms over the years, so I know that'll oh, continue yes. this year. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right, so uh, this is a fan-generated topic, so uh, let, why don't you lay out what we're going to be doing here today? We are a show of the people, and when the people have a request, it's our obligation to do as best as we can to reciprocate the love that we're given all the time. So we got this suggestion about talking about the best debut albums. And I thought, well, that's pretty intriguing, you know, and he had a couple of suggestions of his own in his review. And so I sat and sat down and really thought it over, thought about all my favorite bands, thought about, you know, the decibel geek bands that we like to talk about so much. And I put together myself a list. Me too. I called it best firsts. And so I broke it down into four categories. Mm -hmm. Yes, maybe, no. And hell no. <laughs> I just made a list of the ones where their the first album is my favorite by the band. And I looked at it from the point of view of, is this the best the band could ever do? Were they ever able to top their debut album? And if they did, yeah. then that wasn't their best album. So, I mean, the biggest list, obviously, is going to be the no's based oh, yeah. on they came out with better albums later. Yeah, most of my favorite bands... They, their first album was not my favorite. Right. So, I mean, I got a massive list here of that. The Doors, Grand Funk Railroad, Motorhead, yeah. Rush, as much as I love that first album by Rush. Obviously, no one but maybe you and me would think that's their very best. <laughs> uh, not, no, I don't think it's their best. And um, But, I mean, we, we just want to go ahead and get started with Rush. I mean, we can talk about Rush. I don't think their first album is their best. I don't either. I think, what, and like, I'm a weird person where I think Clockwork Angels, their final album, is the best record they ever did. Yeah. I mean, I think probably if there was, man, but I'm weird. I really, really like that first album. The first album by Rush is my favorite, but I can't really call it. 
I can't really call it for this because I know 99% of Rush fans would disagree. So I would have to say my other, not counting the first album, they'll say the Neil Parrott years. My favorite album is 2112. Really? Yeah. That's my favorite album by Rush as far as being able to put it on and listen to the whole thing. Oh, wow. That kind of surprises me, Aaron. I thought I thought you were die hard on the first one. I really do love the first one, but I don't I don't think anybody major. Why did there? Yeah, I don't I'm, think you can count that one. Would you consider that Rush's first album their greatest album? No. Well, like I said, okay. well, I'm just I'm my list is purely off what I think is my favorite from the band. Not that it's the best material. OK, um, I'm just going off what I like the most. All right. So then more of the bands on my list that I think first album was okay, but they came out with way better stuff later. Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top, Blue Oyster Cult, Pink Floyd, yeah. Aerosmith, Cheap Trick. Stop me if you disagree on any of these. No, not, not so far. ACDC, Heart, Judas Priest, mm-hmm. UFO, Dokken, Accept, yeah. Iron Maiden. No. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Iron Maiden. The first Iron Maiden album is my favorite Iron Maiden album. Yeah, and yeah. not a lot of people would agree with that. Probably not, but I... And Killer almost makes my top of the list. I love the Deanna era better than the Dickinson era. Um, See, I, I love them both, but in different ways. I prefer well, the, the Dickinson era for sure. I like, you know, I like certain songs off the Dickinson era, but... Um, I don't know. I just like that mix of that kind of punk rock edge that they had on the first two records. But yeah, I dig that. You know, the title track and running free and shit like that. I just, I don't know. I just love how raw that first record is. So, I mean, like, as far as, and I'm just like, the ones that I picked today are the ones that I go back to before I go to the rest of the catalog. And, and Iron Maiden's first album is one of those. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. No, my favorite Maidens come later. Not okay. the early stuff. But I do love the early stuff, just in a different way. Right. All right. Motley Crue. No, it's not my favorite. I love Too Fast for Love, but yeah. uh, the Karabi album's still my favorite of the whole catalog. Yeah. <laughs> I know I I'm know weird. I all that. I go with Shout at the Devil. <laughs> well, it's hard, you know, it's hard to argue with that, but as far as the album I pull out and play the most often, it's definitely the Karabi one. Yeah. Okay. Um, continuing on the no because they had better albums later. White Snake, yeah. Y and T, yep. Def Leppard, yeah. Great White. Mm-hmm. I almost that's that would be one for me. That would be a selfish pick. I think would be Great White because I love their debut album and that's my favorite Great White album. Is it? But that's because they sound so heavy and Judas Priesty on it. They're not like the bluesy great I, white that everyone comes to love later. But I don't think they really like found their sound until later. Like I mean, like the, the like well, the, no. the first two records are good. They were trying to be something else. Though. Yeah, they were trying to be priest. They were imitating others on those first two records. But they're good records. I they're mean, don't damn me, good records. Don't get me wrong. They're, there's good material on both of them, but. But the once they got adopted the blues rock style, that's when they really kind of found their footing. Right. But I still love that first album more than anything else okay. they ever did. But no one else would agree with that, so I didn't include it on my list. Um, Queensryche, The Warning. Uh, Mind Crimes better. Mind Crimes, their top album. I think most people would agree with that. I like I like Empire better than The Warning, personally. Yeah. And then this is one, personally, eh, it's kind of close, but Metallica... I think no on Kill 'Em All. See now, Kill 'Em All made my list. Did it really? Yeah, Kill 'Em All. That you know, and it's like I, I was. How can you not respect Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, even and Justice for All, or even the Black Album? As much as yeah. it's overplayed, I mean, it's an amazing record. Yeah, they're all good. But as far as like personal influence on me, Kill 'Em All is still way up there. Yeah, and, I do love that album. Because it's personally my favorite Metallica. I think. Well, like kind of like Maiden, it had, it had a bit of a punk rock edge to it. Yeah, like for it sure. Was, it's loose and really hardcore sounding, and it's got some of Mustaine's original riffs on it. Yeah, you know, and, and I know Mustaine. So good. I know Mustaine wrote Mechanics, which wound up on Megadeth, but and then Metallica used the, those riffs for Four Horsemen. I still think Four Horsemen is the best Metallica song ever written. It's hard to argue. Yeah, it's fucking awesome for sure. 
Yeah, I still I Kill 'Em All is a massive record in my collection. Okay, yeah, mine too, for sure. All right, speaking of which, how about Megadeth? Killing is my business. Killing is my business. I I put them on the no um, list because I think their favorite my favorite albums by them and their better stuff came out later. Yeah, Rust in Peace is still my favorite record yeah. of theirs. Um, also, I included Slayer and Overkill on this list. Yeah, good albums, not their best stuff. Striper, Yellow and Black Attack. It's all right. Nothing wrong it's with not it. Their best, but though. it's not their best. I think Kicks and Keel and Warrant nope. and Faster Pussycat all fall under that category. Yeah, Wake Me When It's Over is better than the self-titled. Yeah, in my opinion. for sure. And Warrant came out with way better albums than their debut. Yeah, that was the hardest thing for me because it was like there's so many bands that I love and I'm like, I can't pick the first record. Yeah. You know, it's like there, there, there's so many great things that came after. Right, that's yeah. like Tora Tora. What a great debut album! But then Wild America came around. You know? Yeah, I mean, and and it, that so. kind of bothers me to this day. Is like Surprise Attack is a great record, but you know it gets all this love but it's like where, where's all the love for wild america it's such a better record than yeah. wild than uh, surprise attack is i think so too um on this list also i have extreme yeah king's x yeah their first album's not good at all actually in my opinion no king's x is it's it's got a couple of good songs on it but it ain't great their better stuff definitely came out later gretchen is their best album yeah maybe maybe that's a tough one that'd be one you'd have to think about and break down i think Maybe that's a good idea for another episode sometimes. We've never done a King's X show. Oh, I'd be happy to do one. Yeah, me too. Um, I also included on here The Cult. Dreamtime's pretty cool, but their best stuff came out later. Same with Enough's Enough. Yeah. Their first album's good. Better stuff later. Animals with Human Intelligence is their best record, in my opinion. Oh, I don't know about all that. You don't like that one? Oh, I love it. I don't know. I don't think it's their that's best. My fa- well, it's my favorite of theirs. That's that's the tough thing about Enough's Enough. Even the, the album I like the least is still awesome. <laughs> uh, Faith No More. They started with uh, the original singer, their first album, We Care A Lot. It's cool. That was the Chuck Mosley record, right? Yeah, Chuck Mosley. Right. It's got a couple good songs on it. I love the song, We Care A Lot. Yeah, but they're, they're not Faith No More without Mike Patton. No, and their best stuff came later. Same with Typo Negative. Their best stuff came later. Clutch, Jackal, mm. Queens of the Stone Age, the Black Crows. Shake your moneymaker. I think they had better stuff later after their debut. Yeah, Southern Harmony and Companions probably better than Shake Your Moneymaker. Yeah. And then to round this off of the nose, just because they had better stuff later, I got Corn, Black Label Society, White Zombie, and Tough. I might go with White Zombie. Soul Crusher? Oh, you're thinking... Wasn't that an EP, though? Nope, that's full-length studio. First one. Okay, well, the Sexorcisto is my favorite there. Yeah, that's why I said better later. Okay, yeah, you're right. And then if we miss something today, it's probably because they're on that list somewhere. Right. You know, they had a good first album, but, you know, their better stuff came later. So that leaves the maybes, the yeses, and the hell no's. So here are my hell no's. Okay. Hell no. The Beatles, The Stones, Zeppelin. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's that first Zeppelin album. How do you? I mean, what do you put higher than the first Zeppelin record? Uh, all the other ones. Really? Led Zeppelin one was just a covers album. Well, most of the records. It's are just a blues covers album. <laughs> That's all it was. There's some good stuff on there, but okay. I like it. Way better. Zeppelin three, way better. Okay. Zeppelin two is better. I stayed away from Zeppelin. Uh, but Deep Purple, get it. Shades of Purple, that's their first singer. The Mark One, I guess. That stuff's just weird. No I can't dig it. Burn is the best record they ever did, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But their better stuff definitely came later. Uh, Thin Lizzy. I know this yeah. one's not on your list for number one. But yeah, oh, Thin Lizzy's first yeah. album kind of sucks. I appreciate the, fr- the first three records, but they're folk albums. They're not rock albums. Hell no, Thin Lizzy. Your debut album was your worst. <laughs> Black Rose is probably the at at this as of this yeah, week. Is my I might agree with that. Um, here's another one that sucked the first try. Alice Cooper. Oh, Pretty's for You. Ugh. Pretty's for You. Yeah, terrible debut album. Alice Cooper's best stuff, and a lot of it. Many years to come, but yeah. not from the very start. Yeah, bad. That didn't even register in my mind. Even think about that one. <laughs> yeah. Also on my hell no list, the Scorpions' Lonesome Crow. Terrible. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not. 
I I got it because you know you gotta want to hear it because you love the other scorpion yeah, but stuff. It's, but it's, it's so ex- weird. It's experimental. Yeah, it's strange. I'm glad they found their rock and roll after that. Um, also included on my list of hell no, the first Anthrax. I think is their yep. worst the album. Neil Turbin album, Fistful yeah. of Metal. Yeah, um, Fistful of Metal is their worst. I like it more now than I did back in the day. And that's not saying it's terrible, but it's yeah. way worse than anything else they ever did. I like the Bush years, so what do I know? Yeah, so that's <laughs> way far off from that. Also on my hell no list, Pantera, Metal Magic. Yeah, I don't I don't even listen to any of that old stuff. No, uh-uh. So there's no way Pantera make this list. Uh, for me, Local H, their first album kind of sucks. I don't like it a lot. A couple hmm. good songs on it, but not where they would go. And the first Guar album kind of sucks. I don't think I've ever even heard the first Guar album. It's called Hello, and the production is awful. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it's they were, they must have just been so poor and not knowing what they were doing. It was so do-it-yourself that, right. it yeah, it's bad. Okay. So, hell no to all those. But let's look at the maybes. All right. I got a pretty strong list here of maybes. There's still some stuff you haven't addressed that's on my list. I'll just say Okay. They're probably going to fall into here, but I have some, I have a good, what you said, you ended up with 18? Yeah, I think 18 was what I wound up with. When I counted mine, that's what I ended up with too, so maybe they're exactly the same. That'd be funny if it was. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's my maybes. Maybe, maybe Kiss. Mm-hmm. Because their first album, if you go song for song, is yeah. arguably, arguably their their best album. Well, it's a good chunk of their set list. Yeah, for sure. But it's the, but all the, the classics. The production is absolute garbage. So that one's a maybe. That one didn't make my my list of the it's, ones that were definitely. It's certainly not my favorite Kiss album. Yeah, I know how you love Crazy Nights. Well, yeah, that's obviously the head and shoulders of that. <laughs> Also on my maybe list would be Black Sabbath. They're arguably, I think their better stuff came out later, but arguably the self-titled debut is pretty freaking awesome. It's no technical ecstasy. Well, no, it's definitely not that. <laughs> That's why it's on the maybe list and not no way in hell list. <laughs> hey, don't be a hater. No, I like that album too, just not as much as you love it. I love that record. All right. Also on my maybe list, the self-titled debut of Van Halen. Okay, so here this one's on my list. All right. So and I have a hard time this is one where most of my list is what I prefer. So if I'm honestly going with what I listen to more often, Van Halen 2 is what I listen to more often than the self-titled one. That's what I was thinking. I think I listen to some of the other ones more. But Good God, the, yeah. the the song list on the first one, I mean, you, you can't really argue it. It's fucking amazing. No, and I think the only thing that really disqualifies Van Halen from this list would be just the fact that they continued to put out so many great albums after the first one, as awesome as the first one is. Yeah. So but that's the only thing. So that one's really, that was the one I think, there's one or two on here that are really, really on the border, and that one for sure is. Yeah, that one, I, I did make it one of my picks, but it was, but if I'm being honest, I pick I pick Van Halen 2 to listen to more often. Yeah. All right, well, here's another one that's really tough. Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz. I saw that on some lists when I was doing research, but... Um, I don't know. I I like Bark at the Moon. I I think I even like Ultimate Sin better than that one. I think Diary of a Madman is my number one favorite. So the only thing that would disqualify Ozzy on this one, it was just, it's so close. Because I love Blizzard of Oz albums so much. No, I love it, It's but it's probably not my favorite. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I might have to revisit it, probably along with this next one, too. Dio, Holy Diver. That made my list. I think that's yeah. the best thing Dio ever did. I think so, too. Yeah. I think that one should probably definitely be on this list for that. Um, another maybe here would be Wasp's self-titled debut. I know they came out with some cool stuff later, but that first one's pretty badass. I didn't even think about Wasp, but yeah. if I'm thinking back on their catalog, yeah, I think that's by I think that's overall the best Wasp, that Wasp album, so it should have made my list. Yeah, I think that one's a good one for contendership on that, too. Also on this part of the list, in this category, I've got Twisted Sister, Under the Blade. 
possibly their best album? No, it's uh, Love is for Suckers is their best album. <laughs> for me, it I don't is. know about for that. Me, for me and about maybe five other people, it is. I lo- it's a Dee Snider solo album, but I love it. Right, yeah. But Wake Up the Sleeping Giant is an amazing song. For sure. I love that song. <laughs> um, what about Rat, Out of the Cellar? I like the EP better than I do the first album, but um, I don't know. I'm a fan of Detonator, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Desmond Child cheese. Yeah, I know you do. It's all coming to fruition here. Uh, Poison, look what the cat dragged in. That made my list. I think Did it? that's my favorite Poison album by far. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just because it's... It's so loose and and kind of it sounds like it could go off the rails any minute, you know. And I true. That's what I like about it. And CC is just kind of unleashed on it, and it's a fun party album from the mid '80s. And I, I don't know that they ever really topped. I think they tried. You know, I think um, Flesh and Blood's a, a really well done record. I even think Native yeah. Tongue's a well done record. Yeah. And I think Crack of Smile is an amazing record. but um, Crack of Smile has got some awesome songs. That's my favorite. But for the original spirit of Poison and what they were all about, I don't think they ever topped Look What the Cat Drugged In. No, no, it's hard to top that one. That's a that's a good one there. And Open Up and Say Ah did not age well. It sounds so dated now. Yeah, some of it does, I guess. Yeah. Tom Worman was not good for production on that album. Yeah. I guess sticking around in that same era, I've got Cinderella Night songs on here. That's on my list, and that was yeah. that was one that came to mind immediately. That's by far my favorite Cinderella record. Right on. Yep. Yeah, I got a little torn between it and Long Cold Winter, but thinking about it, yeah, Night Songs is definitely Cinderella's best, I think. I like Long Cold Winter. It's great, but Night Songs is just top to bottom so good. Night, Yeah, Night Songs was more straight-ahead rock, yeah. you know, kick-ass rock music and then when long cold winter came out all of a sudden they were like this blues band it was kind of like well these songs are cool but what happened to the you know straight ahead kind of hard rock that was going on on the last album yeah they started to uh kind of pull the influence card i mean and it's good stuff but and i love long cold winter i love everything through still climbing but oh yeah night songs I mean that that album is just amazing. Yeah, hard to top it. Um, L.A. Guns, their self-titled debut. Wow. I love all their stuff. Every album they've ever come out with, I've liked. But the self-titled debut, Cocked is, and Loaded's better. You think so? Yeah, right. for me. Um, Britney Fox. I don't think they ever topped their debut. Um, Same with the Bullet Boys. The Bullet Boys made my list. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, Brittany, but was Long Way to Love on the first record or their second one? Yes. Oh, uh, then, yeah, then that, because I think that song's great. Yeah. Um, I don't, and then they got the different singer, so. Well, you know, there's, a, and like, I'll, let me go ahead and say this. There's a lot of bands that put out like two records that I just didn't even think about. Like, I, because right. I kind of like disqualified them just on that alone, because it's like, are we going to say, hey, their freshman album's better than the, their only other album? You know? Right. So yeah. There's certain bands that kind of got disqualified just for that. I tried to make sure that they'd put out at least three records before I picked them. Although, like, there's one that I want, like, Eclipse was a band that I got into on the Bleed and Scream record. And to me, that was their first record. But when I go back and look, there's like three albums before it, and they're not very good. But I can't say it's their first record. That disqualifies them then. No. It's kind of like uh, Skid Row. You know, their self-titled debut was awesome, but then they came out with Slave to the Grind. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't, that's the reason I couldn't pick their first record. But I think a lot of people would pick their first album and think we're crazy. You know, that's one of those, that's a real divisive one right there because it, it really could go either way depending on your taste. I don't know this would be controversial, but... I think that the first record is more cohesive than the, than Slave to the Grind. I think Slave to the Grind has too many songs on it. I think it's too long. Um, and, like, I think there's... I don't know. It's, it's a little too serious for its own good. I love the record, but I think... I don't know. For a timepiece, I think the first record kind of 
fits well compared to Slave to the Grind. Slave to the Grind was a little bit outside the box. Yeah, that's what I love about it, I think. No, that's what I love about it, too, but for its time... I mean, that first record, you can, it's hard to argue. I mean, yeah, they had like, what, four big singles off that yeah, record. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a real tough one right there. Yeah. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Core. I don't think they ever topped their first album. Core almost made my list because I had a crackhead roommate, literally a crackhead in college, that uh, would play that album nonstop, and he's the person that got me into Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know that I've ever liked an album by them as much, but at the same time, Purple at times I listen to more than Core. Yeah, they got their other albums, I think, got some good songs on them, but I think Core is probably their strongest. And like an unsung song of theirs that never gets any love is Cracker Man. I love that song. That song fucking rocks. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Another one I put on here was Slash for Slash's Snake Pit. It's five o'clock somewhere. I personally think that's the best thing Slash has done outside Guns N' Roses. What was the one after that one? Uh, what was it called? Um, shit, hang on one second. I th- right the, the one that was the follow-up was the one I liked better. Really? Yeah. Um, what was the name of that one? I can't remember now. But I remember I enjoyed it more than the first one. I can't remember. Um, it was called... You talking about Ain't Life Grand? Yes, uh, no. I, like, I like that one more than the first one. No, really? Yep. I don't yeah. even much care for that one at all. Well, this is why we're different. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I got that after the first one came out, and I loved it. And then was hoping the next one was going to be something like that, and it was nothing like it. And I never really got into it. I still have stuff on my list you haven't mentioned. Okay. Um, how about the two that brought up this conversation with our suggestion, Vain, No Respect, which their first album is killer, but I'm not real familiar with any of the other stuff because it's so hard to find. I love No Respect, but like I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't even think about Vane when I was putting my list together. Yeah, so. I just I had to put them in there because uh, Patrick said, you know, what about Vane and Firehouse? So what do you think, Firehouse? You're the expert. Well, they're not on my list, but I, I did consider them when I was putting and Like Hold Your Fire is the second record, and that's a great one too. Um, Production-wise, Hold Your Fire is a better record, but material-wise, the first one's better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First, a lot of great stuff on that. I know it's not your usual thing, but in hindsight, you probably should listen to that first record. I think you would dig quite a few of the songs. Okay. I'm sure I got it, so maybe I need yeah. to pull it out and listen to it. There's some, Bill Leverty's got some great riffs on that record. Right on. All right, here's another one I kind of struggled with because I love a lot of the stuff that came out later on, but the debut album from Danzig is pretty damn good. I Yeah, I'm not a Danzig expert. I, that, yeah. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to, I don't know, two and three are awesome, but so is the first one, so that one could be either way. I like you, um, Lucifuge. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's number two. That's a killer album. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard. It's like I said, the first album's great, but, you know, there's other stuff that's great, too. Right. Uh, Slaughter's first one, Stick It To You. That's on my list. Yeah? Yeah. They never top Stick It To You as far as no, I'm concerned. No, I don't think so. No. And their other stuff was great, and they had great songs on them, but Stick It mm-hmm. To You was, I mean, it was a time and a place, I guess. You know, right time, right place for that. Absolutely. I remember seeing the mtv world premiere of up all night like they hyped the shit out of that too yeah which is surprising because i mean like vinnie vincent invasion was not getting a lot of airplay but they were really mtv like really hyped it up maybe the record company like did some payola or something but they were like you know brand new video from slaughter and i remember seeing it and loved i fucking loved up all night the minute it came out shit yeah yeah, I that song was very, very fucking catchy. Yeah, Slaughter's definitely a good one for the list. Yeah. Um, also on my definitely maybe, Armored Saint, March of the Saint. I think it's they came mm. out with great stuff later, too, but that first one's pretty damn good. Ah, Symbol Salvation's their best record, I think. Yeah. Although yeah, I love Delirious. Delirious good. Nomad's probably my favorite. I like Delirious Nomad myself. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I put them on the maybe list. Another one on the maybe, Alice in Chains facelift. I think most people would probably go with Dirt. That's definitely on my list. I have a massive amount of love for facelift. Me that's too. A, that's yeah. my favorite Alice in Chains record by far. Right on. Yeah, I love it too. 
I think Man, you're, t- you're taking my list away, Aaron. Well, I think it's with with <laughs> Alice in Chains with those first two albums is like Dirt has more good songs, but I think the quality of the good songs on Facelift are better than the songs combined on Dirt. I don't know. I don't know. I I love everything about Facelift. I'm not a mathematician. Dirt's a good record, but Facelift it's Facelift is like the perfect bridge between glam metal and grunge. Yeah, okay. And then the last one on my definitely maybes, Ugly Kid Joe, America's Least Wanted. <laughs> Not on my list. But no? Oh, I'm so surprised. Okay. <laughs> I'm so surprised it's on yours. All right, so how many do you got left out of your 18, 19 picks? That, uh, Shit, let me look. You got a bunch right. left or we hit them? Because I got, now I got into my main yeses, my four sures. You hit a bunch. So let me um, let me regroup here and look. I'm high. Okay. I'm I'm putting in bold the stuff you've touched on. There's one you have. Well, there's one you haven't touched on that it's going to be in your for sure list that I know um, we both agree on. Uh, let's see. There's st- no. I still got a few here that are that are that you haven't mentioned yet. Okay, good because I still got a bunch. So you want me to go through my definitely's, my for sure's, my no doubt about it. Yeah, let's see if you knock out the rest of my list. This is kind okay. of interesting to do All it right, this cool. way. <laughs> Probably not, I'm betting. There's a few things. There's a couple of oddballs here that I don't think we're going to talk about. So here's the one. The one that I think everybody totally would agree with. No questions asked. They were never, ever able to come even close to what they did on their debut album. Can we count to three and just say it at the same time? Uh All right, here we go. One, two, three. Guns Guns and Roses. roses. You know it. That's the very first thing that came to mind, you know, every time. Anytime somebody talks about best debut albums, without question, it's Appetite for Destruction. They never topped it. Never. It's one of the greatest rock records ever created. Yep. All right, so that's a gimme. I knew that was on your list. Oh, yeah. That first one that came to mind. Okay, so I'm pretty interested on this one because I feel like this one is a yes, and I know this is one of your absolute most favorite bands of all time. And I know that they came out with a whole bunch more albums that had a whole bunch of great songs on them, but were never able to top their self-titled debut. One of your favorite bands, the Ramones. No, didn't make my list. Yeah, because I know, because you say just like the other ones, well, they came out with a lot of good stuff later, too. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I'm a weird Ramones fan, though, because... Most Ramones fans love the first like four records. And I do I love all those records, don't get me wrong. But I like Joey grew up on all the uh like the doo wop pop female you know type bands. Right. Like Soul Station. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Why do you gotta do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, they're current, aren't they? Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Go on. That's not cool, man. Um <laughs> No, but like the, he grew up with all the like the Ronettes, the Phil Spector stuff, you know, the right, Wall of Sound, sure. and I and I love a lot of that stuff. And they did End of the Century with Phil Spector producing. Now, don't get me wrong, Phil like pulled guns on them and shit, but uh, they, I just I love that when the Ramones would go into that kind of '60s pop soul type sound. Yeah, but they would rock it out. So I think End of the Century is their best record. And I love, I even love Pleasant Dreams. I love. They did Brain Drain with Jean Beauvoir, who wrote with Kiss. Yeah. I like all the offbeat Ramon stuff. I, I love all the original stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, Beat on the Brad is a great song. You know, yeah. I, now I want to stiff some glue. Yeah. All that stuff's great, but I like the poppier side of the Ramon. So they didn't make my list. Wow. See, I'm, I love all of it too, you know, and you yeah. introduced me to the Ramones because I really only knew the first album. You know, but being friends with you and doing this show, it kind of forced me to open my eyes to the Ramones and be like, well, I've always liked that stuff. And I had the Mondo Bizarro album and I thought that was okay. And so the rest of it's got to be good. And then it's like, holy shit, I've been missing out on a lot of great music. And there is a lot of great stuff. But I think myself and I speak probably, I'm guessing, for the majority of Ramones fans. Yeah. I don't think they ever topped the first one. Well, a lot of Ramones fans would agree with you. I mean, I and I'm sure of that. But I don't know, man. I love it when they dip their toe into the pop side of things. Yeah. Like, you know, Sheena's a punk rocker and Rockaway Beach. And, oh, yeah. 
you know, we want the airwaves. I I just they're a great pop rock band, even though I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Yeah. Like there's uh the the KKK took my baby away. Bonzo goes to Bitburg. There's like yeah. there's great pop. It's pop rock. It's not really punk sure. rock. And I always consider the Ramones more of a rock band than a punk band. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. You know, but uh, with just great, great riffs and hooks, just everything fast sure. and concise. You know, but but I'm more of a fan of the poppier side of the Ramones, which you know, I don't know if that makes me like an illegitimate Ramones fan or not, but that's just what I like. No, I don't think so. There's yeah. a little little something there for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I was interested in how you'd feel about that one, but I definitely think yes on the Ramones. But another one that I got is on my for sure yes is the self-titled debut of Bad Company. I thought about them. I didn't put them on my list, but yeah, I mean it's kind of hard to argue with that first record. Yeah. And uh, here's a band that we rarely talk about on Decibel Geek Podcast, but they are a rock band and they've got guitars and drums and bass and singer. So I got to include them, and I kind of like them. The self-titled debut from the Cars. Mm, I don't think about them. I don't think they ever topped their first one. All the all the good stuffs on the debut. Hmm. All the know. all the songs that they play on the radio that you go, oh yeah, that's awesome. I like that one. That's off the debut oh, album. But they did the those '80s songs, you know. Yeah, I don't know. That magic and. Uh... I just don't think it reaches the heights of the first one. Hmm. No, we differ on that one. Okay. Another one on my list. I think this one's kind of obvious. Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. I didn't even think about Meatloaf. But as, yeah. as far as I'm aware, every other Meatloaf album sucks, except for that one. I wouldn't say they suck. No. Um, Greg Troyan's going to want to fight you now. But, I don't uh, want to fight nobody. I just heard like <laughs> there's only one good song on every album since. I don't know. Bad Out of Hell too. Don't worry yet. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. That's, That's I wouldn't consider that a great song. <laughs> uh, you don't like that song? I'm not a big fan of that oh, one. <laughs> that song fucking rules, man. Really? It's yeah, it's oh, big okay. sounding. Yeah, um, I guess so. But no, bad. Out, I mean, bad out of hell is probably his best record. Though. Yeah. All right. Um, if you're counting the solo albums, I got to give it to Ace Frehley, Paul Stanley, and Gene Simmons. <laughs> Are you really going? You're, no, you're you're really going to go there. Well, has Paul Stanley ever topped his solo album from '78? I don't no. know. Live to Win was pretty awesome. No, um, so was Gene Simmons' asshole. Yeah, Gene um, Simmons never topped his solo album, and I mean Ace Frehley's solo album is the greatest album of all time. So how do you top it? How do you top it? I should have known you were going to go there. So yeah, uh, I think all three of them. Peter Chris, his best album came out in the '90s. <laughs> it wasn't one for all. Uh, cat number one. Yeah, no, I like cat number the one. The rock pretty, album. It's a fun record. Yeah, that one rocks a little bit. <laughs> I All didn't right, think about those. I know this one's on your list. We mentioned the man at the top of the show that played bass on this album. What a way to debut! My wife asked me the other night when you announced that Billy Sheehan was going to be at Rock and Pod. She said, "Who's Billy Sheehan?" And I explained to her. I said, "Well, when you're David Lee Roth." And you're leaving Van Halen. Van Halen's going to continue on with another singer. You can't just slap together any old band. You got to put together the superest of all super bands. Yep. And if you're going to go out there at that time, you're going to choose one bass player that's right. going to be in your superest super of super groups ever. It's Billy Sheehan. And man, what a contribution he made to the debut album of David Lee Roth, Eat Him and Smile. You know, and I mentioned. This is on my list, but you know, mm-hmm. obviously we have to discount the EP to do. Yeah, this. no, I'm talking about full length studio. Albums. Yeah, okay, so they, yeah, that that made my list because, and I mentioned not counting the EP because the EP yeah. was just a bunch of cover songs. Yeah, EP was dumb. This was yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. top to bottom. That's my that's on my list for you sure. Still, there's still as a few you be. haven't mentioned yet. Okay, well, I've got a few more to go. Well, David Lee Roth, as it should be. Um, another one on my list of a yes for sure. See You in Hell by Grim Reaper. They never topped it. <laughs> You're probably right. I didn't even think about Grim Reaper. You don't have yeah. the Grim Oh, no, no, I can't believe it. Oh, man. Although Nick Bocott is a super nice guy. I met him a Super few years nice ago. guy and a hell of a guitar player. All right, how about SOD, Speak English or Die? Nah, uh, I mean... Billy Milano's entertaining, but I'm not a big fan. Oh, God, I love that album. <laughs> I love 
so much. It's burned into my psyche from listening. Those riffs are just kicking in my head all the time. It's okay, but I don't know. I always viewed it kind of as a novelty thing. Oh, but the guitars and the drums and the bass oh, are so Scott good. Ian's great on it. Yeah, they're amazing. I mean, even if it was just an instrumental album, I would love it. <laughs> um, I got Rob Zombie, Hellbilly Deluxe on my list. I didn't even think about Rob Zombie. Yeah, I don't think Rob Zombie's ever been able to top that first solo album after leaving White Zombie. Yeah. Okay, I got four more on my list. All right. Rage Against the Machines first album. I don't think they ever topped that. I didn't think about them, but you're right. Like they're they I don't think they ever bested that record. No, that record is fucking so. amazing. Uh we talked about Slash earlier. I think Duff McKagan's first album, Believe in Me, is the best thing he's ever done outside of Guns N' Roses. Not on my list, but I need to All listen right. to more of his solo material. It's good. Especially that first album's really pretty kick-ass it's diverse there's there's a rap song on it it's weird but it's badass and that's not a good selling point but okay no no trust me it's the greatest rap song you've ever heard it jams it jams uh Uh, pearl jam 10 that's on my list yes all right my wife is a um big pearl jam fan but i think it's more because she's got a crush on eddie vetter but I've told her, I like, I love Pearl Jam 10, and everything they've released since has not lived up to it. Yeah, that first album, the whole thing is really good, and everything else has got good spots on it, moments of really cool rock songs, but a lot of their stuff is really weird. You know, there hasn't been a complete album by them since. Well, I've been, uh, I was playing with my buddies in a high school band at the time that record was out, and we covered. Alive, Garden, Porch, yeah, and we tried to do Black, but it's kind of hard to do Black. But like we we were co- we covered like for three or four songs off that record. Right on. Yeah, we love that. That album was like the soundtrack to our summer. Yeah, I've got a similar experience with that album too. It was just like you said, a time and a place, and being of the yeah. age where you're out driving around and doing stuff with your friends. Yeah, it takes you, it, and when you hear those songs, it takes you it takes you right back to then. All right, and then I got one more on my definitely yes list, and that is the self-titled debut of Down. I didn't even think about Down. Yeah, that's an amazing album, that first one. Uh, Nola, or maybe his, I don't know if it's self, maybe it is called Nola. Is Nola the first record? Yeah, the one with Bury Me in Smoke and all that on it. That's I just listened to that not too long ago. It's a killer album. I'll be honest, I've never listened to much of Down. No, the first one is the best, I'm telling you that. The rest of it's all pretty good, but they never topped that first one. Okay. So, that is my list. That's my breakdown of then the best first albums of all of them. Who did I miss? Okay, so... It's a lot more modern stuff. Um, there's okay. a few, thing, few things from back in the day that you missed that I'll, I'll mention. So the ones that are kind of cheats, <laughs> um, there's uh, the first one is Quiet Riot Metal Health from 1983. Um, but it's kind of a cheat because QR1 and QR2 were released in Japan only when Randy was in the band. But Metal Health, I don't think they ever topped. I mean... No, I, I guess I, not. I like certain. I like stuff off Condition Critical. I like, you know, certain songs, but I don't think they ever bested that record. Okay. Michael Schenker Group self-titled from 1980. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's an amazing record, and um, actually shared the cover with my dentist recently because uh, you know the cover is Michael sitting in a dentist chair. <laughs> and, uh, you're not this cool of a dentist are you well i was just telling him because uh I was, he was just asking me about he i he knows about the podcast yeah and i was like i do a hard rock and heavy metal podcast he's like oh cool 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 he's like so how's the podcast going i'm like let me show you something that kind of relates to your job and um the, the story behind the album cover is michael Schenker was like terrified of going to the dentist okay and um, that's why they did the photo, the photo shoot for the first Michael Schenker album cover was wow. uh, him sitting in a dentist chair. And I said uh, he was terrified of going to the dentist, so they did the album cover this way. And he's like, "Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to show this to other people." Um, but I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, but no, that's one of my favorite records of all time. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Any like you know, you've got Assault Attack, you've got the stuff with yeah. Marvin McCauley. There's yeah. there's a lot of great material there, but that first record with Gary Barden singing vocals, it's just fucking magic. Hmm. Okay. Um so that's one. Um Fastway's self titled debut album. I don't know. I still think the Trick or Treat soundtrack is the best. Nah, the the first one's better. I don't know. See, I thought about them, but yeah, that would have been in my no because better stuff later. So I'm doing the older stuff first, and then the other, um, I have two more that are kind of older, um, Hardline Double Eclipse. Okay. That made my list, but it's kind of a cheat because they didn't really release anything else for like 10 more years. So they released like three more records, but during their heyday, they only really only released that one record, so that's a bit of a cheat. Yeah, but then again, I guess it makes sense that, you know, you only release one album in your heyday. It's going to be hard to come back 10 years later and top it. Yeah, but I mean, like they had Neil Sean on board helping them out, and that song Hot Cherie is like just an amazing song. Mm. Um, Dean Castronovo on drums, that got him the Journey gig. You know? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dangerous Toys, self-titled from 1989. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is. I, yeah, I would agree with that. That's probably their best one. I mean, I love... The other ones are good. I love Sport and Woody, and I love Hellacious Acres, but that for, that self-titled record, man, like, they had big MTV support from that. Yeah. I remember uh, living in Georgia at the time and seeing Teasin' Pleasin' and Scared, and those videos got a lot of airplay, and um, they were, like, very important to me at the time. Yeah, I always like Dangerous Toys. My oldest pick that you haven't mentioned, which I'm kind of surprised, was Exodus Bonded by Blood from 1985. Oh, yep. Yep, I'll agree with that. I don't think Exodus has ever topped that record. No, I don't think so. And they've done great stuff since then. But right, and but it's kind of like a lot of these other bands where their first album was killer all the way through. Yeah. After that, you get moments of that. But, you know, the sound ends up changing or members end up changing and, you know, the magic ends up leaving somehow. Well, and it's like if you if you're a fan of that 80s thrash era stuff, you know, the big four and everything. If you haven't checked out Bonded by Blood by Exodus, then you've missed out because there's a lot of amazing material in that record. It's a great record. I agree. Yeah, I missed that one. So then the last two that I'm going to mention are more in the new metal category. But um but I feel strongly about it. The first one is the Deftones Adrenaline album from 1995. This is their first record. Um, I after the after 1995, I hate the Deftones. So, like White Pony and all this shit that they've done since, I can't stand. But if you listen to Deftones Adrenaline, it's got a ton of energy. It's more in the in the vein of Corn and that like kind of you know really upbeat, really hardcore stuff. Okay. And then they've got, they just meander since then, and they annoy me. But that Adrenaline record's amazing. I guess maybe that's why I've never checked it out, because the later stuff I heard I wasn't into, so I never thought, yeah. well, maybe their first album is better. You should listen to that one record. But, like, they, and they had one song on, they had a song called, they had an album called Around the Fur that came out after this yeah, one. Yeah, I know that one. That had a song called My Own Summer that was a hit. And that song's okay, but... um the Adrenaline record is is way better than everything they released since, in my opinion. It's more hmm. upbeat. Okay. Um, and then the last one I have on my list is Godsmack, self-titled from 1991. Oh, uh, yeah. I was thinking about that, and it didn't make my list, but I was definitely thinking about that. I think you're right on that. They, were, I mean, like, they were kind of unique for that time. Yeah. You know, they kind of, everything they've released since then sounds the same, but... um stuff like voodoo and whatever and keep away and stuff like that that record um that record was very unique for its time and i remember really getting into it at the time so uh, a lot of you are probably not godsmack fans but that album's worth your time i think so too and that was the one that it was their debut it broke them you know they were huge i was working on radio at the time so they're a little overplayed to me but, yeah. you know, you still got to respect it looking back. Those guys are still around all these years later. But, yeah, that first album, I think, is probably their most popular. And yeah. I don't know if it's their most popular. Actually, it maybe uh, sold more they, or not. But The stuff after it sold yeah. better. Okay. Well, that was the one that definitely put them on the map. That first one, it, it, you know, it, it 
kind of like highlighted how unique they were. Um, yeah. But, you know, Shannon Larkin plays drums, who played in Ugly Good Joe and right. Rathchild America. And, you know, they were they were uh, an interesting band for that time. Obviously, they've became very, you know, homogenized after the fact. But, um, but in 1998, they were very unique. Very cool. Yeah, I agree with that too. But that that's uh other other than those handful of small ones, you actually picked off every other one from my list. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> and like I said, anything we missed is probably in the no because they had better stuff later and we maybe yeah. just overlooked it. I don't know. So what are your top five? Oh geez. From my list, um Allison Shane's facelift. That's for sure. Um, Pearl Jam 10, Metallica Kill 'em All, so that's three. Um, Cinderella Night Songs, that's four. And then for five, mm, I'll say a Fastway Self Titled 1983. Okay, my top five is going to be Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, mm-hmm. um, David Lee Roth, Eat 'em and Smile, Pearl Jam 10. S.O.D. Speak English or Die. Wow. Ace Fraley. <laughs> That's a cheat. <laughs> it's his first solo album. That's where we could do an episode on Motown and Aaron would find a way to shoehorn Ace Fraley in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. So there you go. And there you have it. Those are our top five. And it's kind of funny because we were talking to uh, our dude, Mickey Finn, just the other night, and we were talking about the debut album of Jet Boy, and he was talking about, you know, eh, Jet Boy's first album didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to. In retrospect, I'd have done things differently. And he says, you know, it's really rare just to knock it out of the park on your first album. And when we go through this list here today, it shows that's a very true statement. You know, it's, it really is rare for a band to come out and just knock it out of the park on the very first try. It doesn't happen very often. And I guess when it does, it's special. So very cool, man. It's neat to see it broke down like this and it was fun to go through this list and put this together. Yeah. I had a good time doing it and, um, yeah, we didn't fight too much. So I think it's it's all good for an episode. We can even uh, revisit this and do best second albums, too, because there's a lot of bands on the maybe list and on the no list that yeah. if this would have been, you know, what's the best second albums a band ever came out with, a lot of those would have made it onto this list. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, in the comment section on the uh, Facebook page or wherever, um, say what you think are the best, you know, debut albums and tell us what we got wrong, what you got right. And, uh, and you know, we'll... Uh, We'll share it. I like that. It's always good to see people talking, having the conversation on the Facebook page. I like that a lot. So if you want to do that, give us a like on Facebook, get in on the conversation, let us know what you think is the greatest debut album of all time. Check us out on the Decibel Geek community. It's a group on Facebook. Same thing. You can get on there. All kinds of cool people posting all kinds of awesome stuff all the time. You're going to like that. You want a Decibel Geek t-shirt? Check us out over at clicktees.com. That's clicktees with a K. And they've got your Decibel Geek gear over there and all kinds of other cool stuff. You're going to love that website. You're going to order a bunch of shirts. Try to make sure one of them is ours. We'd appreciate that a lot. If you love us, leave us a review. Apple Podcast, Podchaser, Facebook recommendations. We like those too. And of course, check out all our friends over at Pantheon Podcast. Bunch of great rock shows over there. Uh, yeah, just look up Pantheon Podcast and check it out. BJ Cahoon is in there. Bunch of our friends. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff going on around here. Episode 440, man. We're creeping up on 500. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, rockinpod.com. Yeah, get yourself a hotel room. Join us August 6th through the 8th right here in music city usa you're going to go to that website you're going to find out the location the address the hotel all the awesome people that are going to be there podcasts are signing up now so we're getting a bunch of our friends are coming a bunch of your friends are coming so come hang out and be friends with all of us together that's august 6th through the 8th right here in nashville tennessee rock and pod come party with us this summer it's gonna be great it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh we're ready to wrap this up yep let's get on out of here
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 